I, I, I remember the first time that uh, I, I think you had did something and oh yeah you remember your well, what was those things the and I saw it to do on the last call the last call bro remember yeah. you're doing one I'm sitting there yeah all right this this dude this dude's got it going on. I like this man so I'm like you know what I'm gonna video text this dude so I like yeah. video text yeah. you and I got the mute you're you're in the background you know and I'm like hey yo yeah. what's up Pablo how you doing man dude, that's and, right I forgot about that that was yeah. so good yeah, we were doing that. And I think I sent you one in the morning and you sent one back. Your hair is all over the place. You know, you're like, hey, what's up, man? I just woke up you know, or whatever. It was awesome. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, in my walks, every man I meet is my superior in some way. And in that, I learn from him. This means people are at their best when they are surrounded by a community of others with complementary skill sets that can leverage each other for a greater goal. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast. I am your host and Chief Executive Connector, Pablo Gonzalez, and together, We are here to prove that community creation is a secret weapon when it comes to business development and growing incredible businesses. I'll be bringing you world-class pioneers in the fields of sales, marketing, and relationship building to teach you the latest cutting-edge plays for category design, demand generation, community management, networking, building influence, and leadership all the skills you'll need to unite clients, team members, and partners under one mission and build a community to propel your career or company to unthinkable results. Now, I don't have to tell you that I would love to hear from you and anything that you need to get a hold of me is in the show notes in whatever app you're listening to right now. So just buckle in if you believe in the power of community. If you believe that relationships are more valuable than transactions. If you're interested in learning the playbook of the most forward-thinking, most innovative, most emotionally intelligent business leaders out there today, all you got to do is hit that subscribe button right now, get ready for an awesome conversation, and let's get connected. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast. This is my first time reading out that kind of intro. I'm your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez. Today, I got uh, a man who I think may be my favorite person I've ever met on LinkedIn. And he's, uh, he's holding that belt right now. Came into my life friend of a friend because he's part of a specific community. And, you know, because I interviewed somebody that was in that community, I think I got on, I think I got on his radar. And as we have built this relationship, I've greatly grown to admire the way that he thinks about business, the way that he thinks about relationships and the way that he shows up in my life as a value add. He's the visionary at Medina Exteriors, DBA, Simply Distinct Kitchens and Baths, and a strategic coach student. And uh, mi hermano from Cleveland, Brett Ruiz. Welcome, Brett. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Pablo. I'm just humbled and just so grateful to have this opportunity to be on the podcast and to share some insight and add some value to your community. So, I love it, man. You've been adding a lot of value to my life since the moment I met you, dude. So let's let's talk about how we met, right? So so you are. How did I how did I come into how did I come into your like presence In, into my sphere, huh? Yeah. That that's pretty big, but when someone does blip on it, it was through I believe you interviewed or had talked to Justin Breen, and he's in strategic coach, and I know Justin fairly well. A LinkedIn connection, you know how those are. You know, you feel like you know somebody really well. So that's how we met, and I started listening to your podcast and to talk to Justin a little bit about you, and he said, "Hey, the the dude's a real deal, man." So that's that's how we got connected. Yeah, yeah, that's it's been man. a story ever since. Dude, you know, I was literally just reflecting on the impact that Justin's made on my life because yesterday I was telling an old friend of mine that like, I felt like I, like I, I was telling an old friend of mine, I'm like, you know what, man, 
I'm just done doing business with anybody that isn't just a fast action taking entrepreneur visionary. Like I just, I got no interest in anybody else now that I found it. And I like, I all of a sudden removed myself from, from like listening to what I'm saying. And I'm like, this is exactly what it must feel like to talk to Justin Breen. Like I, like, I think I just finally bought into everything he does. <laughs> right. right. It's yeah. finding your, your true unique ability. It's and I, I'll tell you, Justin is one that he just, he lives it to the 10th. I mean, it, it's incredible. And I'm trying to get there. It sometimes he's a little intimidating to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's funny. Cause when I started my interview with him, I'm like, dude, I just like, I like the swagger. You guys like swagger. I don't think I'm sorry. I'm like, dude, you got swagger, but, yeah. right, but this isn't about me. This isn't about Justin. Yeah, that's right. That Shout out funny. to Justin Breen. Who's the that's man. right. Go check out his episode. But you guys, you know, I, the way that I understand that the link there is the strategic coach community. And Justin is, you know, Justin be a Justin. He's like, strategic coach is the best community in the world. It's, there's nothing else. Right. And, but I believe it, man, because everybody that I've met that comes from that circle is exactly what I just described. Forward thinking, visionary, action taking, entrepreneur, leader of people. Tell me a little bit about the strategic coach community, how you got involved and kind of like what, what your involvement is with it and like the benefits from it. Yeah, great question. And I with with that, it's uh, Dan Sullivan is who is the owner of Strategic Coach, and the tools that he's developed and the community that he's developed is just incredible. In regards to, we were on a a, a meeting yesterday. I was asked to be a panelist on their tasters, where they bring a bunch of people in that are ripe for taking and becoming part of Strategic Coach. And we were talking and it's amazing. We were just looked, I said, you know, we're unicorns because we're so different as entrepreneurs. And I've never found a community that of other unicorns, if that makes sense, or aliens or whatever you want to call them. So when I started investigating strategic coach through LinkedIn, I saw it on LinkedIn and some other areas, some people have talked about it. That's where it really hit me was when I got in there, there were people that were like me that understood what you just said, you know, the the value creation, being of abundance, not being of scarcity, also finding your unique ability so that you can be part of a unique community that you can start putting a puzzle together and you'd be able to bond with other people that will be able to fill your puzzle out because Dan wrote a great book called Who Not How. And that really hit me too. I'm like, I've been trying to do all the hows. I've been trying to build this business, trying to do all these things. And you and I have talked about this, the content categories and making content and getting it out everywhere. And I love it. I I wanted to do that. I was telling you before we came on 15 years ago, I was doing that, trying to, I just can't do it. I'm not the how. Mm -hmm. So that's where really strategic coaches really empowered me to be around. And I'm, I'm still learning that because I'm a good student and I want to really dig into that and trust that. And then have that trust in other people too. And I'm, I'm finding that in strategic coach that they're, they're genuine, like you saw with Justin and there's a, you know, just a bunch of them. They're just true people that will do anything to help you in a business sense. And they're all about family and they're well-rounded, which I really like too, because it's not always about just, just like, or, you know, business. I've done that. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Brett, help me understand, man, what, what works so well in strategic coach, right? Like I, I, when I, since Justin bringing strategic coach into my, you know, awareness. I've heard a lot of people talk about Dan Sullivan and his methodologies and all this stuff. So the way that I understand it, he's got a bunch of great content, right? Like he's got some very actionable stuff and philosophies and frameworks to work with. And that's one piece. And I know that that exists. What is the difference between Dan Sullivan's content and the actual community that he's created around it. Like what, what drives that sense of community? If there is one, or is it just like the content is so good that everybody buys into it. So now everybody has the same values. So it goes, can you kind of talk me through some of that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great scenario. I I would say that Dan Sullivan, and I don't want to speak for him. I've been in coach for less than a year. I met him once, but I would say that from what I've seen from my 30,000 foot view, and I have not had a actual live event, which we're having in November, which I can't wait to. I, you know, that is my, where I love the rubber meets the road. You meet people, talk to them afterwards, grab a drink. So from what I've seen is that Dan has this unique ability to create content and then be able to present it to a community that values it. So he's adding value to people's lives. And at least for me, when I see someone adding value and content and creating it, and that's actually works and it's been proven, 
And then you have other people in the same community with different unique abilities, all using those tools. It allows you to uh, perform at your top or your highest level. So I think that's what Dan brings. He's very good at what he does in creating the content. And he's 76 years old and you would think he was 30. He has that same ambition, same drive, even more so now when I hear him on tapes or hear him in person. So that's where I think that he brings that community that that's what people are drawn to. And then they're able to take that and run with it and then be successful with it. Because as entrepreneurs, we all suffer from, I don't know how he does it. He's just got that mind to do it, to know that what we suffer from, and then he has a solution for it. And then he implements it and then we use it. (laughs) So I don't know if I'm thinking about it the right way, right? But when I think of what you're saying, that to me drives a relationship with Dan. What drives the relationship with the other people in the group, right? Like anytime I see something from Justin, something from you, something from, what's his name that just released the financial platform? Bill Bloom. From Bill Bloom, who's awesome, right? Yeah. He introduced me to John LaDuca, who's awesome. Right. Like I see you guys all interacting with each other. What drives the actual interaction within that community? So I don't believe so. Dan has a philosophy that it's not about him. He's creating the content so that if Dan's gone, the content still lives or the processes still live. So we're interacting with each other. I haven't, I mean, I'm, I never met Dan until I was in one of the, my sessions and I actually had a breakout with him and, and he talked with me and that was after I joined. So to, to create that, uh, I had a great, awesome thought. <laughs> I lost it, but yeah, that, but that, that would be probably how we can, and that's where we're seeing the value is that you have people that have bought into that system or whatever Dan does. But when I talk to a Bill Bloom, when I talk to Justin, when I talk to all these people is that there's that, how can I put it? There's that sense of community, almost like family, Yeah, you know, that they're, they're there for you. And it's, and and I, I I trust them Yeah, because they wouldn't do anything to damage that community or damage that quote unquote family. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they, they wouldn't be in it. That makes sense. And listen, you said a couple of things that to me strikes out as things that unify people. One is that if somebody is if is defining problems the way that you're like, oh, this is the problem that I have and offering a solution that, you know, that's part of category design too, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the ability to evangelize a problem and then be known for the solution because you describe it so well tends to unify people. And the joining around core values, right? Like understanding that, okay, if you're into this, then we have the same values that's going to ju- bring us together. So I could see that doing the work, right? Like I, I could see that then if somebody else buys into this, then you automatically walk in with your guard down because you're like, well, you definitely think like this to a certain extent. So I'm, I'm more in than out. Is there any in the onboarding or in the sales process, is there any like indoctrination around the idea of like, I'm going to introduce you to this person or you should be reaching out to this many people? Like, is, is that any part of the formal process in any way? Yeah. So that was like yesterday, they they call them tasters. So what they do is obviously people inquire about the program and then there's different levels you have to be to to qualify, to be invited to the taster program. So once you get to that taster, so really what they're showing you there is they're showing you their tools there. It's not about, yes, the community's there. And then I think like like yesterday there was 95 people in that taster Mm -hmm. and they all got a sense of yeah, where they have moderators, coaches, you know, it's not just Dan, there's a hundred and something coaches, but it allowed you to see, and it was amazing seeing everybody's face because they're all like this, this light bulb. Oh, he's a unicorn too. Oh, he's a unicorn, all the panel and everybody. And then you see all these people start interacting with each other that are making 200,000 plus in one group, 500,000 plus a million plus, you know, they're having the same issues that all of us are having. And I think as an entrepreneur, we're on that island, at least for me doing this 30 years, I felt I was on an island and I didn't have that unique community that I could go to that would allow me, like you said, be vulnerable, get my guard down. That's what coaches, but, and as soon as I saw it, and it's not inexpensive to be in it, but as soon as I saw it, and then I explained it to my wife and showed her some of the things, she's like, yeah, that's way too much as a CFO. <laughs> that's right. But in reality, she's like, that's exactly what I needed because I am 
a creative person, a visionary, and you can only pen me in for so much. You got to let this wild horse run out in the field, but I do need some parameters and that helps a little bit. So that's what strategy coaches brought to me personally as a value. They've created that value and then they've created a community that supports that value. Got it. Got it. All right. That makes a lot of sense, man. Cool. I really wanted to, I'm, I'm glad you shared that with me, man, because I've been fascinated with like digging into the dynamics of strategic coach because I, I see myself as I expect to be a part of it within a year or two, right? Like I, I think I need to, if my business stays on the track that it, that, that it just got on a month ago as I'm onboarding all these clients, my cash flow is definitely going to be there, right? So like I'm, I'm, I'm totally looking forward to joining. So it's not an if, it's a win, Pablo Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree, man. <laughs> Dude, I, I agree. Like I've, I've, I definitely feel that in the last month or two, I have taken this like level up that there's no coming down from, right? Like I, I, yeah. whatever, whatever doubt I had in what I was doing has completely vanished. And now I'm just like operating at this level that I've shed all this like extra weight that yeah. I was carrying of one part imposter syndrome, one part <laughs> child. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Like I think, I think I've been through a rite of passage, man. And I've seen it, man. I mean, I know it's not about you, but I, yeah. I, I've seen it. it. It's good to see, you know, as as our friendship and as business and personal grows. I, I, I've seen that transformation, and like you said, it's only been a couple months. Yeah. So that's yeah, exciting. You, you came into my life right as I was hitting that curve, man, which is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, man. Let's talk about. Let's nerd out, right? right. Like I, I, I love. Like I said, to me, it's very clear to me that. You have a, what is traditionally a mom and pop business that is operated by people that don't think very differently. It's just kind of like a, a price game and a hustle game, mm. which is the, the, the business of remodeling residential homes, right? And, and, and you went from having like an exteriors company to a kitchen and bath remodeler to vertically integrating the design build element of it, right? Most people, you have to get a, a designer and then you get a contractor, right? You're both all in one house. You've created this like showroom experience. You're working on an app now, right? Like I, all, all these different things that make me think that you're a cat that thinks at another level. So as we've become better and better friends and I'm like, all right, man, I send you a little bit of this and a little bit of this of what I believe in. One of these things that we've bonded over has been Christopher Lockhead and Chris and Chris Walker's content, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 the the category pirates newsletter, right? Yep. So I sent you this article that is called well, let me see what the what the name is. Eight category levers: how to build a massive Pacific Ocean size differentiation moat. That is about how category design can be applied across eight different levels of business. Can you tell me right now, just abstractly, when you when you got that article and you started reading it, what what kind of like? If I just tell you, give me your overall impression yeah. of that thing. Get, 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 let's start there and then let's dig in. All right. So the the category of pirates. I, I, as I was reading, I'm going. I was like Tim the Tool Man. I'm like, whoa. I'm like number six, number seven. I'm like this stuff all makes sense. You know, it's like they were reading my mind as I went through it. And the interesting thing is, is not only as I read it, I, I, my wife's our CFO. So I had her read it and she's our, our, she didn't do the R's as good as I do, but it was cool that she saw the same thing, you know, and started digging and asking the questions, you know, finding out, you know, how the story should be radically having a different brand, you know, going through different pricing. You know, I've always thought that I'm thinking abundance, not scarcity. I want to be, I want to get those people uh, that will, and and you know, what tied it all together for me was what we've talked. It, it's like always these puzzles being put together for me. This was a part of it. You had sent it to me. And then what you do fit right in it. How do we take and make these people that we've have as our, as our, what was the word I'm looking for? Consumer superstars. Super consumers. And, Super consumers, we want them to go out and and I, I, why they should be the ones telling my story, and then I, of course I tell the story. So it's been really cool to to see it in writing, and then being able to find a who that can implement that for me. And then you know, just it, it was great. I mean, the, the best way to think about pricing is very simple equation. I mean, it wasn't rocket science. It really was not rocket science, but it made so much sense. So that was kind of my thirty thousand foot view. I, I mean, I got, I mean, I, I have the article, I got notes, I, I got all kinds of stuff everywhere. It's just, it was good. Really good about tech, about value, stress for, you know, and I'm making notes of how I can implement that into, 
into my business. And that's the one thing that I've found is I took the Kobe, I'm a 2594, which allows me to be a quick start. I'm not a big fact finder. And you've kind of seen that with me. I can start real quick. I don't get the facts, but different things that go on. But then I was able to, you know, I can implement things tangibly and then I can also make things happen. Change doesn't bother me. I just, okay, let's go do it. Let's figure it out and let's make this happen. So that's where you see my business evolve. And I think a little bit different than your standard construct or even business person, I think. And, And that's what I found a strategic coach. I found other people like that. I was like, I just thought everybody was like that. They're not. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Until you see it, so it, not everybody's an entrepreneur, so yeah. or can or can be, I should say. Agreed. Agreed. One hundred percent. So talk talk me through some of the notes you made in that in that article, man. Let, let's 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 dive into some, what like talk me through one of the things that stood out the most in the notes that that, that you got going on, and let's uh, let's let's talk about it. Yeah, they had on on level one was radically different benefit for a radically different problem. And, you know, some of the things I'm asking, you know, what are, you know, what are my clients fears? Ask them the time disruption, you know, what are those things that, that they see that we could be a solution to radically different and, and that we can radically approach that and be able to change that. And how do you look at that different? It's you change the who, what, when, why, and how about the problem. So I, I really like that radically different brand. The first thing in the brand that stands out, I thought that was cool. A different way of helping to the end consumer and the user. Yeah. Just a different mindset and how you're going to market. Yeah. And then I'm thinking too outside the box too, where they're thinking, you know, uh, doing radically different price, a super consumer. That's all stuff that's, you know, it's really here today in AI and all the things that we can do that, the whole industry has changed in what I do and how you present super. I, I'm 55 years old. So I'm, I'm really good at the, Hey, Pablo, tell me a little more about that. Well, all the benefits that we have and everything you've seen today here, Pablo, and this and this and this, why wouldn't you decide to say yes today? Yeah. And yeah. you know that it doesn't work anymore. They, yeah. they want what the pirate, the pirate category is laid out here. And that's what we've been doing, but to see someone put it on paper and then it, and give me some, some encouragement and then some, drive to to say, yes, that is the right direction to go. And then I meet you and see the content that I see you everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So that was really cool. So let's 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 dive in a little bit then, right? So the first three were radically different benefit, radically different brand, and radically different experience, right? Like when I when I think of when I think of your business in particular, most contractors are selling price, right? Like, oh, well, yeah, we can get this done for you cheap, right? Then the next <clears throat> then the next level of contractor sells time. I can definitely get this done for you and, and it's going to be done. The next level of contractor sells quality. I'm going to get it done for you and I'm going to get it done for you the first time and you're going to love it. I feel like you sell at another higher <clears throat> level than that. You're selling, you're selling more of like your relationship, right? Like, and, <clears throat> and you are you're kind of selling. This is my family business, and you're you're part of this thing, right? Like, talk me talk me through how you think the what's the benefit that you give that's radically different. So w- what I see is I, I don't think it's just in my business. Yeah. I mean, in, in my trade, I think, it, but in my business, you're exactly right. So I've always, since I was a kid, I've always like thought different. I'm like, how can you do? Everybody else is saying this. I want to be different. And I, how can I present that in a different way and not be like everybody else? That was how I always tried to differentiate myself. I used to do things like buying, buying, you know, propose all these things you do, put all my sign, dude, I had one time I had uh, a 24 by 24 sign and it had my company logo on it and boom, put it in the yard. I could not read it from three houses away in a neighborhood. I said, get rid of all hundred of them. I need it 30 by 40, mm. you know, that kind of stuff to be able to people and keep it plain and simple. Yeah. So that was the biggest thing is that you're exactly right is we're building a relationship with people, the relationship flywheel. We're building those relationships with people and treating them as people and not as a commodity. And then I'm not going after them on price. I'm not going to compete. I don't want to compete at a commodity. Because I'll never win. It's always going to be exactly what you said. I mean, you have to be lower. I'm always going to have to be fighting that battle. I'm going to have to find different ways to buy better. I mean, those things we do. But I want that relationship. I want that partnership with people. And I want to bond with them emotionally and also be able to supply them exactly what they need. And then that's where I love the 
content categories, the creation, the value creation. I want them to be baked 95 or 80% before they even come to me. Because if I can do that, when we show them what we do, it's a no-brainer. Oof, that was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to be a part of my life in, connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Hit five-star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. But that's exactly what we do. I very rarely close and, you know, do those old school closes. I mean, we're, it's been incredible just doing that in that journey. And I, I get excited is that to see, you know, when I'm talking to somebody about it, it's like, man, we're, we're selling, we just sold five $100,000 jobs. You know, and it's because of the things you're talking about. And sometimes I forget that that is different. And then doing this content, being connected to this, going to that conference in September, you know, that charges me up. Yeah, I love it, dude. I love it. Totally agree. Totally, totally, totally agree. I'm glad that you phrased it that way. I then I would love to jump then to radically different experience is definitely something you've been working on for a while right because to go to go design build is a ra- is a radically different experience in in all construction right like my my wife works for a 800 million dollar design build contractor and it i'm still shocked by the fact that not all construction is done design build because it's clearly a greater delivery mechanism it's a mm-hmm. much better experience to have one person and i'm fascinated by the mindset of vertical integration, right? Like J- yep. Greg and JWB, yeah. they're vertically integrated. Like to me, I see I see so much value in that vertical integration piece. At what point? At what point did you go from, you know, supplying one versus the other, then then doing both things? Like what? what how, how did you start with all that? So we have on the exterior side, we've always been. I guess you'd call it design build you know, when you do roofing, siding, windows, but we were the same models, everybody else. When I got into the space of the kitchen and bath industry, coming from the exterior side and coming from the model that I do this to make money, you know, to, to do well. I mean, not, that's not my driving force, but if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So my gross price, so I, that's a client I want. It's, you know, you, you, I, I want that slim piece of the pie. I don't want the person that's, you know, going to, I'm going to be the cheapest because then I get all their friends. So I want to make sure that I'm getting the right clients so that I continue to get their friends and all their clients. So that started it. And then I looked at the kitchen and bath industry and it really is, how can I put this? Because people will hear this. It is, it's a wreck where they have this old school way of doing things that, you know, you need a designer. I'm going to show you what you want, not ask them, but I'm going to show you, Pablo, what you and your wife want. Here's what I can do on this. Here's this great design and not listen to That's what I was seeing out there. I was like, well, that's not right. And how I experienced that was remodeling my kitchen. And that's what they were doing to me. And I'm like, yeah, you can't do that. And to my wife, especially. Yeah. So that's where I started that 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 process that I'm like, yeah, this isn't right. This can be done better. So that's where that came from. So then it became vertically. I'm like, well, you're right. You have to, control is probably not the right word. You have to be able to have all the pieces to the puzzle so that all the pieces of the puzzle talk to each other, communicate yeah. to each other. And then you have to charge enough so that when Pablo and your you and your wife Hey, you know, we had this little hiccup here and here. I'm not nickel and dime you every time we turn around. And you got to investigate in front. I think that's anything in business. If you investigate in front, do what you need to do up front, do the legwork, put the process in place, do the project, finish it, you're able to do that, but you have to charge for that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where that's where a radically different experience bleeds into radically different price. And I wanted to I want to hit on something you said. It's not that you need to control the process, it's that you need to be accountable for the whole process. There you go. 
right? Like if you, if you, you're carrying the sense of accountability for all of it, it makes a big difference, right? Like that, that is, that is dealing at a, at a different emotional level for you than somebody that's dealing with a contractor that isn't responsible for the design or isn't responsible right. for like all the pieces. And, you know, man, when I think about my business, I'm, I've, I've been thinking about it like this too, right? Like I, I've been thinking about what's my radically different experience. Mm. And it's this idea that I think there's a ton of, there's a ton of podcast production agencies. There's a ton of content repurposing agencies and nobody's out there really pioneering this whole, what you need is an internet talk show, right? Like what you need is this, you want content and you want the relationships that come from content, but you also want to be driving community and where you start with all of that to like, as a, as a, you know, the nuclear reactor of it is this like interaction point where you have a guest that you're driving the relationship. You have a live audience where you're driving multiple relationships. You have the content engine that then gets repurposed and being accountable for the whole process of content to community to profit is where I'm at in the whole design build kind of, you know, idea of, of a content stream, man. So I, I, and then that drives me now and I'm like, you know what, then it makes perfect sense that I'm 10 G's a month, you know, like, whereas before I kind of came in real meekly of, of (laughs) thinking, yeah, I mean, you remember, right? Like I, like I was just kind of getting started with my message on it all. I would come in very meekly of just thinking, man, you know, like, I don't know why they're not just doing whatever, but I'm like, no, no, no. If I can take off the entire sense of accountability for all of it from my client, that is a radically different benefit that they're getting. They're going to have a radically yeah. different experience. Ergo, it doesn't matter what anybody else charges. My price is my price because nobody else does this. And this is what it costs for me to give you a great experience, right? Yep. And I don't want to kick myself in the butt here, but eventually as you start going, you're going to have to charge more because you're, and as you get the produce, as you start to do that. And I think that had two points to it, you know, that you, and thanks for sharing that. That's exactly what I was seeing in you. But the second point in that is that when you are vertical, what happens what we're seeing is that from when you have the whole puzzle connected, not only with a client, but with your entire team. And then you're for us with our trades. And then it would be with you. If you have some people that maybe add some, some help to you and you're in your, in your yeah. flywheel and everything that you do is yeah. that they buy into it. They see it. They know it's accountable. They know they're responsible. They, and then you create that, those core values that, yeah, they're, this is about, the homeowner, the end result, this is where we're driving towards and everybody's going towards that. And that's what I see with what you do is I I had that in my head, like eight years ago, I'm like, we got, I go go around video myself and then do this and put all this and then put it on. Well, back then it was Instagram. And I, I always call it Snapdragon. My wife and kids laugh at me. It's <laughs> snap, snap, uh, Snapchat. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, there, but those are, and I just didn't, I, I didn't have the who. And then when I saw what you were doing, when you sent me what you did and everything, now the timing, you know, wasn't right, but it's there. You know, we know that that's what we need to do. And I'm telling you, that's as we, as a company, and we're starting to get this and we want to drive towards that. We have a vision that we're going towards. That's going to be part of it because if we don't do that, we're not going to reach our vision and reach where we need to go. And we're going to be left behind because you're forward thinking you're ahead of the curve. And I, I love being ahead of the curve. I heard it from Greg. He's, he's a living testimony to it. So props to you, to your team. And then I think you can see that permeate throughout your whole team once you start to put that that together. And then we had a flywheel that started rolling. And once it picked up some steam, it, it's, it's rewarding. I do want to dig into what you're saying, man. This idea that the more I get my team and my contractors and anybody that's touching this thing to buy into core values and buy into the end result of this being in service of the client, the better things are getting, I'm starting to see now, right? Like I, I, I went hard into core values as we started growing the team and we do it, you know, we do, I, I copy what Greg does, right? We do the core values call out every team meeting and, and we're, it's all like being relationship driven over transactional driven. And what I'm starting to find now, man, is like, I was just a couple of weeks ago, I was in Puerto Rico with a, with a new client. And when I came home, everything else that we were doing that I used to like have to handle was better. Right. Yes. And it was was really powerful, man. And that reminds me of you telling me from the beginning that you were looking for the who, not the what. Right. And then I think about the the podcast that I heard you on prior of how you had to like 
kind of hit a reset, right? At COVID, you had to let go of your sales staff because you didn't, they weren't the right who and they weren't driving that core values. And you had to reinvest into all that. You want to kind of like talk me through the decision that you had to make in order to align like that? Yeah, that's as a business owner, you always feel and, and as a leader that you want to take care of your team. And COVID really, I think, accelerated a lot of what we were. We had been working on a lot of stuff in 18 and 19, where we were part of the entrepreneurial uh, operating system. So we were putting things in place, accountability charts, the core values. We we're putting them on paper, starting to live them, breathe them, do all those things. And I believe what happened was people, so you have an advantage sometimes when you're new, you can bring in what you need. But I always tell people and I tell our team, I said, we evolve. You know, that's one of our core values is evolution. Because when I first started, I just needed a, a lady that could do bookkeeping, pen and paper, you know, and then eventually I needed an accountant. And after an accountant, I needed an accounting firm. You know, we evolved, but those people helped us get to where we were. And sometimes that happens with your team members. And that's probably the hardest thing in, in business for me is that I, I feel we're very fair. They know their accountability. They know their roles. They know what they do. And sometimes when you make some of those changes, that's what we started to see now. Instead of you thought you had a circle in a circle, you thought you had the right person in the right seat. Now, all of a sudden, it was an oval. But because we were doing so well, it, you're like, okay, I'll put up with that. You know, we had our best year in sales and, you know, but it was stressing that, you know, we, we would kind of put that stuff under the table. It was, it was stressing the team. We were selling stuff. Maybe we shouldn't have, but we can do it. And it, it created some issues and we kind of ignored them. And I just, and then when COVID hit, I think this would have worked its way out in maybe two or three years. But I think when COVID hit, it accelerated it tremendously. Then we found out who was for the team, on the team. We made a quick or a very, I, I, it was tough the weekend before they shut everything down. I was, it was emotional. The whole weekend I talked to probably four or five good business guys. I know a couple people uh, that are uh, mentors to me through church and biblically, spiritually, you know, what do we do here? You know, we, we, we need to protect our business, but we also need to, you know, protect our people. And uh, we laid everybody off of that, that first weekend because our biggest overhead is payroll. You know, we have 50, 60 grand of payroll and, and we had nothing. You know, we're going to people's homes. We couldn't, we couldn't do anything. We couldn't even work on it. We couldn't even produce jobs. They wouldn't even let us go out. So, and then we found out, you know, and then they understood who it was, but then, you know, we had one quit within a week, you know, email me, boom, gone. I'm like, okay. And then the other one in the mid-year, but I think it was a process that basically worked itself out quickly. And then when it happened, I was like, you know what? I looked at my wife. She's usually free. You know, you'd think she'd be freaking out. She's a CFO. She's like, oh, where are we going to get all this money? And, and to, on top of all that, two weeks before COVID, we dropped a big chunk of money on this app program that we've talked a little bit about. Now we got all this going. I'm like, you know what? I said, God, you're in control. Yeah, I need to know what's going on here. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm getting a little bit nervous. And my wife just looks at me. She goes, number one, God's got it. Number two, you're fine. You'll win. And I was like, what'd you do with my wife? <laughs> It was cool. But it was cool, though, that she did that. And then I looked at it from a whole different. And that's what we talk about, like with strategic coach and these different things, being around other people that are like minded in, in regards to business and that and, and entrepreneurship. I said, you know what? 30 years in business. When can you say you can completely reinvent yourself and go to market completely different, have a different point of, of view and just be able to produce something that is massively bigger than what it was before. And that's how that process and 2020 was tough. Don't, don't get me wrong. It was, I went from working 30, 35 hours a week to work in 70, you know, survival mode. I was doing what I had to do with the teams and then the people that stayed that are still there today. We have our always, we have today, we had our semi-annual state of the company address. Those are the people that you want. Those are the people that are all in. Those are the people that bought into the culture. Those are the people that are going to take us to that next level. And the ones that weren't going to go to the next level will fall off. But that's hard because, you know, one guy's been 11 years, another one, seven years on our leadership team. But sometimes that happens, you outgrow and you, you move on amicably and, you know, thank them for their service. What would your, what would your company look like today if you hadn't been forced into that reset? Have you thought about that? Yeah, that, and, and yes, a lot. I, I think it just accelerated it. You know, it, it, it would have happened and it was, it would have been slower because yeah. I would have given them more chance to, to perform, you know, an opportunity to perform, 
give them the tools they need to be successful and then see if they would be able to do it. So maybe they would have stayed, maybe they wouldn't have, but when COVID hit, it just changed it. And, and, you know, when I look back at it, you know, what, 17 months later, I, this is, you know, the most satisfied I've been in, in the business because you know what it was, it's a vision, it's a drive. There's something out there that we're all striving for. That's bigger than the company. It's bigger than me. That's what we're, that's the exciting part of it. That's really helped us. Yeah, man. I was just, I was just having lunch with my buddy, Jerry, who, who by the way, I, I want to invite you to what he does weekly. He does this like office hours. It's a really good group of people and he's a really smart guy. We we're just talking about this idea that people are attracted to people that are on a quest. So if you can, if you can get your team to be on a quest, right? Like if you can, if you can frame it in a way that you're, you're all on a mission together, you're going to be able to get people to cooperate, you know, under you and with you in a, in a very different manner, which is kind of like what I'm hearing from, from what you're saying, right? This like great mm-hmm. pain caused this great striving to like do this one unified thing because you had already kind of like set the, set the guardrails mm-hmm. of the core values before it all happened. So it kind of melted away anybody that wasn't part of it and was really aligned with this, with this quest. Would you say that's kind of what happened? Yeah, that's a, a good way to put it. I think that, and Kevin, one of my guys, one of my master carpenters today, he's yeah. been with me for 12 years and it was, he had a really, really good comment perspective. And that's why I like people that are different than me. Cause sometimes I have blinders on <laughs> and I can just go forward. But when people, I, I open those up and take those blinders off, but we all know our accountability. We all know our roles and some of that overlaps. We pick things up, pick the ball up, help each other out. But he, he looked at, you know, as we were talking today, he said, one of the things I see is 2020, you know, and I, our team, Kevin said it, Josh said, they're like, we survived. You basically threw life preservers. We hung on and you pulled us all along to get through 2020. And they go, we appreciated that. You know, we took care of them. We, we, you know, they still had their breaks off of Christmas, paid family, all that stuff, even though. COVID was there. And then he said, you know, he goes, but this year, he said, you're right where you need to be. This is who you are. The visionary part he sees again, being interacting in this kind of stuff, seeing that growth, like you said, being around, they want to be around that. And that's who they've come to be around with me. And I said, you know, I appreciate that. And that's, and I said, they have allowed me to do that because we all know what each of us need, if that makes sense. You know, they know I need to be the visionary. They know I need to, to be doing those things and they support that. And they know I need my free days to take time off to rejuvenate. I know they need to do that. So it, it, that was cool. That's basically what your, what was his name? Jerry, 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 he's spot on is that they, is that's what you need is that, is that collaboration and that uniqueness that each you bring to the table and then respect it and build that culture. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense, man. I'm glad we went down that rabbit hole. I, I didn't expect that we we're going to have the conversation about that moment, but I, I, I like it. Like I'm just like fresh off of this lunch. As far as the, as far as the category pirates newsletter, did you, does radically different manufacturing or radically different yeah. distribution come into play for you at all? Dude, man, I'm a quick start nine. I can change, impro- man, dude, that I, I saw that. So, you know, me a little, yeah, like, all right, all right, let me think here. Man, I, if I had accountability to everything, could I get my own fabricating countertop company? Could I have my own cabinet manufacturing company? I said, if I had all that and was vertically aligned that way, I could take this through the whole United States. Yeah. Cause then I have everything. And now I got myself, I wouldn't franchise it, I don't think, but now I have myself a model. I'll just go city to city, just duplicate the model and go after the end result, the end user that I want and find who they are, find that super consumer, make sure that the categories are about the customer and not about me. So yes, absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's up here. That's so that's what you're spinning on now, man. What what about the the distribution piece? Got me really thinking, right? Like, uh, I, I did that. Did that part hit you at all? Like, do you have any notes on that? Yeah. So, to me, I do not like, and I may not worry. I, I, I people wordsmith things for me all the time. I'll spit them out, and I need someone to wordsmith them for me. So you might have to help me. So the, I do not like anybody to control my proven process and how I deliver my value to my customers. So 
That is one of them. And I think we've seen it in COVID is that I, I think that everything was so good. So everybody performed, blah, 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 you know, before. But what I'm seeing now is that that's not the case. And I don't think it's ever going to be the case again to the extent that it was before COVID as far as distribution, manufacturing, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if I can control all those, yeah, then I'm able to vertically, because the number one thing is that value is my customer, is my client. Yeah. And, you know, that's what now can afford, is there a way to scale that and economically do that? You know, sure. It may not be at first, you know, but if that's the vision and we have an end goal for that. And and that's amazing that I I just, that's where strategic coach really helped me too, is that being around, I, I, sometimes I look at myself and I'm like, how did I do that? Yeah, that's cool. You know, like, how did that happen? You know, like me and you talking now, and I, I think that's great to reflect back, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? We did pretty, we did really well. You know, yeah. we, you know, I led well, they followed well, you know, and, but sometimes as a, you know, you don't want to be like, Oh, good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we need that. Man, I'm, I'm in that headspace right now, right? Like right now, by the way, that's the beauty of making content, right? Cause content is like your journal, right? So you get to, you have to reflect on stuff and then you can look back at it and be like, Oh no, no, like I really am this much far ahead. Right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm a yeah. big fan of that piece. Well, that's like Facebook, you know, they would, what pops yeah. up in your Facebook memories. I'm yeah. like, oh, eight years ago, I, I was skinny. No, just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, man. So I, so I thought of it, right. Cause in the article, it talks about how like radically different distribution. And it talks about how like Amazon monetized their logistics department and then monetized their IT department. And then. Yes, and- that's exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. How can you create different avenues of revenue out of what you're doing. There's got to be branches. So yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm that's yeah, that is perfect cuz like they're they're making money on 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 the deliveries now. They're making they're making money in what six seven areas. Yeah. Yeah. Besides selling you, that's why they can sell you that $12 piece at no delivery. Yeah. So <clears throat> Yeah, totally man. So I started I started thinking about that and I'm like this this is what I'm doing, right? Like cuz for me it's my 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 way to network and meet people is content creation, right? My distribution of my content also creates that as well. I am what I do for others, I do for myself. So I've been able to build a machine that then serves as monetizing my, you know, like the team that I created to serve, being able to then serve me allows me to build a world-class team to serve me for free. Right. And then now the other thing, the next level that I'm like hitting right now is I'm starting to get booked to create these like conference activations. Right. Mm -hmm. Like this idea that it's way more valuable. You know, we used to have this idea of like, oh, you get a booth at a conference and you make like a big booth and you make a big splash. For me, it's really all about how you create a great experience at a conference documented through content, but not documenting through content in order to show that you gave someone a great experience, document through content to show a person thriving in an experience, making them look good and make the content about them in many pieces for them to distribute for themselves, right? So I'm like, we got this like penthouse suite rented out and we got Amanda Holmes, who's the CEO of the uh, Ultimate Sales Machine Empire and we're doing all this stuff and we're gonna make all this content. But now what I'm thinking is, man, when I started my business, I was just like, how can I have a business that all I get to do is go to conferences? Because for me, pre-content, my client acquisition was going to conferences, right? Right. So networking, build a relationship, you know, whatever. And now I'm like, damn it, dude, I've monetized that too, right? So now I'm getting paid to go to conferences to create content, right? Like I'm, I've, I've like now monetized every piece of my client acquisition part from, from the content creation first, because I was like the outer realms of it. So now the in-person interaction, I'm getting paid to go do the in-person interactions that I would have to do to acquire clients. So now I'm like, ah, this is radically different distribution, right? Yep, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's been a real that's that's been a real trip for me, man. Like that when I again, like you said, you you look back, right? And to think that I'm like, my my most basic desire was how can I just be incentivized to go to conferences because I love walking into rooms and making friends with people. To the idea that I get to get like be paid to go do it while doing the business process of everything that I got to do. Like that's one of the things that like landed on me very recently. That's been really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, you know, as I, as I scale things and think about those things is that, you know, I've, and I think you mentioned it when we, before we got on was the Jim Collins, 
you know, the e-myth, you know, stuff like that, that it's, it's systemized priority. You're able to duplicate things. So that's where, you know, that's what I'm building too. I don't want it to be about me necessarily because I can only take it so far. I become the bottleneck yeah. in, in a certain, you know, position when you get things. So that's, you know, that, that's interesting how we can just wild things like I can make an AI of me and I can, it'll be able to interact. It'll know who I am and be able to talk with people just like I could talk to you right now. Right. I mean, that technology's there, that kind of stuff I think of, of, you know, how can you interactively, you know, with the next generation that's coming up, you know, they're buying things, you know, differently, those distribution points, you know, they're, you know, they want, they don't want to sit through a showroom or sit through a conference. They're like, Hey, give me this, you know, this is what I want. Give me the experience yeah. with that. You know, how do you monetize that and, and capitalize on those kind of things? It is kind of interesting, but yeah, I love that, that thought that, you know, you're, you, you have different arms that you're starting to monetize things, which is really cool. That's an inspiration for sure. Yeah. Like, I think that I really, like, I loved it. Like, I think that blends between what your services and how you serve yourself and how that monetizes on the back end is like, is, is, a, is a really interesting space to be in as a, as a business operator, man. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about the app, man. Like how, at what point, at what point from being a contractor, design builder, do you get the stones to be like, I'm an app guy? <laughs> like that's, that's a, that's a pretty, that's a bold move, man. Yeah. Gosh, where do we start with that one? So I always have this mindset of I can do things better than other people can do things. Or I have a good, one of my unique abilities or one of my attributes I have, strength finders, is that I can see things and make them better. So not necessarily maybe reinvent the wheel, but take something somebody has and just blow it out of the water. So that's kind of similar to what they're saying about, you know, throwing a major wrench in their plans, duplicating somebody where they have, you know, you see one company and then someone else tries to like Peloton and you see, you know, who's the other company? I can't even think of their name. They do all the workout equipment. They're trying to do the same thing with their bike, but it goes side to side, Mm -hmm. you know, so they're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Because that that super consumer is already they're playing in both ones category. Yes, yeah, yeah. I got so that's where I'm thinking. You know, that's making sense. Let's create this category that nobody else with this app that nobody else will have, and we'll be so ahead of everyone else. I'm not, you know. Then I'm looking at who's my, you know, end user. I'm thinking, you know, do I go after the homeowner, the buyer? Do I go after kitchen and bath designers? Do I, so those are the things going through my head and I'm saying, you know what, I have a business. I'm going to, I'm going to make it run through my business. And then what I'm going to do is show other people that they can do the same thing I'm doing and start other satellites and do those things. So I need to have a system that is duplicatable that someone, I could teach you how to be a kitchen bath designer. And that's the biggest, you know, part of that industry. I'm like, this industry sucks. You know, it's because they, I'm a kitchen, I'm a designer. So this is how, and then you said, then we got to get a contractor. And then the contractor doesn't do what the designer says. And then the designer says, well, you're a piece of crap. You don't know how to do that. And the contractor's like, these cabinets are crappy. That's why I can't put them together. You know, it's just a big, that's not what the homeowner wants. You know, what's the end result for your consumer? And that's where this, this app developed in, in, in my head, put it on paper, put it on flows and started and drop some money to see if we can create something. And I think that's part of what's helped us this year in 20, we've been using it. There's four phases to it. So we've been using the first two. Mm. So that's, you know, that's really where it's at. It's something that I, I know will be a game changer for our industry. This will disrupt this industry in ways that, they're going to have to pay attention. I love I love that business model of tech creation. The idea that you go from being a service provider to a tech-enabled service provider by something that you're developing proprietarily, but you're developing it proprietarily in a way that it's going to go from serving just you to serving the industry that has all your same problems. To me is that is the, that is the future of go to market for 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 the average business tech, I think, man. Yeah. Like I did you did you see that somewhere else? Did that hit you intuitively? Like, did, are are you like following that path just naturally, or have you seen that pattern recognition and other things like ClickFunnels and like Terminus and these other softwares that are doing that? I, I've seen it, and I've always been on that tech. But like, I had printers in our trucks and laptops, you know, twenty years ago, where we would print an estimate right there on you know the spot. So I've always been in that that how do I make things more efficient, better, different than everybody else is doing? But I think that more so that 
my mindset is switched. You said change the the industry. So the the industry is is what it is. I'm going to disrupt it by coming in the back way and go after I believe the consumer to my super consumers. Go after them because I don't think that it's an uphill battle to go after that industry directly because they have a mindset, you know, designers are designers. They're going to be designers. Right. I went to school. I'm a designer. I'm a, so my goal is how can I help the contract, the contractor? So yeah, so those, that, that's what, what really drove me was I see these contractors. They're really good at what they do yet. They don't want to do all the legwork. They want it to be handed to them and let me put it together. You know, and then also the homeowner is you and your wife. Let's make this easy for them. This isn't rocket science. Let's make this easy, stress-free, and just let them be able to design their kitchens and baths. And then let's get them with the contractor that has the whole blueprint. And that's what we're doing. And so I think that's how we'll disrupt the industry because they're going to have to pay attention to how we're doing it now. And if they don't pay attention, then they're going to be locking their doors. I think that's super smart, man. Like I, like I, like I love the entire philosophy soup to nuts of of it all, and just the the gumption to to pull the to pull the trigger, right? Like, yeah. the, like, like the gumption of just like, all right, man, I've been I've been working in homes for years. Now I'm gonna develop something in like a tech ecosystem, and it's gonna be mine. And, and you're absolutely right because I don't need to do this. I'm financially set. I don't, you know, I mean, I'm not a billionaire, but I'm, you know, I don't need to. I mean, I could coast, yeah, but that's not me, you know. And that's and my wife understands. She still thinks I'm an alien, but she doesn't, you know. She understands that a little bit, but she's learned to over time. And then being around other people that you know, it's true. That's what drives me is that I need to create value on this planet while I'm here, not only spiritually, but also still create value content for people and, and creation to help and, and leave something you know better than when I got here. So that's the biggest thing that drives me is that yeah, I could be content just sit here. I tried that for a couple of years and it drove me nuts. I hated it. Yeah, because I, I I can't if I'm not creating. If I'm not advancing, if I'm not, if if I've arrived, I might as well just. And and I I think that also helps people. Dan Sullivan has said it, and and some people in strategic coaches that if you, it, it, I'll never retire. You know, I, I'm always going to be doing something because once I retire, and the definition of retirement from Charlie Epstein is that um you're put out the pasture. Yeah, you go die. So I, I desire to be able to create things and do things even when I'm 70, 80, 90, 100, 110 years old. You know, let's keep it going, you know. And, and you know, I mean, we're, we're a couple of generations different, yet the enthusiasm I have, the enthusiasm you have, I love it. So that's what drives me for these these things. And and also to help people. I That's the biggest thing I saw was these home. Dude, I, I can't tell you. I used to take them. I used to do a different route where I took them to a wholesaler and they would go pick things. And there's this 20,000 square foot showroom. And I'm not kidding you, Pablo. I had people stand there and start crying because it was so overwhelming. Yeah. There was just too much for them, you know? And and I'm like, there's got to be a better way to do this than here. Pick from these 6,525 faucets. <laughs> so that's what drove me, you know, is, is, is the betterment of a person and, 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 and couples and, and, and getting a result that they deserve. They, they work hard for their money. Yeah. And it should be as, as seamless and as stressless as possible to, to get them, you know, what they're looking to get. Bottom line. Has the drive for wanting to create value for others been something that you've always had or has it been something that's grown inside of you or was it something that hit you like a brick, you know, ton of bricks? No, it was, I've always been a very generous person, very caring person. I've always been really great with kids, stuff like that. And so that's always been in my DNA since I was a kid is that I've always been able to, like we talked earlier, I've always been able to see those things, the kid off to the corner, or this person struggling with something, you know, or an adult, you know, how to, and I, I could walk in a room and one of my, you know, when I sent out all my letters to see what my unique value or was, it was, it was really cool because I can walk in a room and interact and engage with anybody with all across all types of demographics and, and ethnicity and all that. So, you know, and, and then, and generally do it. 
So that's always been who I am. And I, and I believe that's what drives me to help others is being able to do that. And I have to be careful because that sometimes can be, I can overcommit myself because I want to be able to do it for everybody. So, you know, that's where I have a wife and some other people that help me to kind of hone that in a little bit so that I don't get overwhelmed and and take on too much. And then I'm not a nice person at home. <laughs> I feel That's like always been there. I feel like you're describing me, man. Right. right? Like, like, you know, that the young kid that's always been friendly that then gets overwhelmed by always wanting to yeah. crowd please everybody to then finding out how to balance that with yes. the people that matter the most. Yes. And if you if you do it with the ones that matter the most, they will be able to reach far more people than what you and I could reach if we did it with 20 people, mm. which is kind of cool. You know, it's that generational thing. Like, you know, I don't know, like when I talk to people and, you know, I, I, I go to church, I'm a God fearing man. And, and I, I live those principles and tell people about Jesus and those kind of things. Yeah. And how I act just as a person, I don't know how that can that, that, that may change something three generations from now. I, I may never know that yet as a person that's in same thing with, you know, I, I think that's so great that, you know, I can have those ones that I'm throwing sticks down and they're picking them up and then we interact and then who knows who they can affect and who knows who they can touch in life is kind of cool. Buddy, this has been a phenomenal conversation. Like this has, this has totally over delivered for me, man. Like I had really high expectations, but I feel like the places we went on this were, you know, some of the stuff that I, that I knew was coming was better than I thought. And then a bunch of stuff I had no idea was coming was, has, has been amazing. It's especially this little last piece. I just want to thank you, man. Like you, you really, the way that you describe yourself, you are a very, very generous person. You show you, you've shown up in my life in a very generous way. You continue to, to show up that way. You have added as a internet friend that we are like you've added so much value to my life to the point that by the time I took my first call with you, I felt like I already know knew you and yeah. loved you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so Absolutely. it's, it's just really, really, man, it's really fulfilling to be able to, to grow relationships like this with somebody who is, like you said, maybe a generation and a half or two generations above me to see that the path in front of me is, 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 is well trodden by, by people that are doing this and are succeeding and can continue to be this way. And to have an archetype like you just really fills me full of hope. And uh, I'm really happy about our friendship, man. Thanks for, mm. thanks for being in my life and thanks for doing this. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, man. You're welcome, man. Ditto, brother. I'm, like I said, I'm humbled, grateful to be here. So it's, it's an honor. And I always say someone did something for me like that. And, you know, hey, you know, it's, and, and someone's doing it for me now. You know, we were all, you know have someone above us or below us and you know we're picking each other up and helping each other out so yeah that's i love it man i feel the same way and dude we're going to be going to uh we're going to be going to meet in person soon so that's going to be awesome man yeah 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 it is going to be awesome man i can't wait pumped about it all right that's a wrap i hope you enjoyed that conversation and you got a bunch of value out of it and if you did it would mean the world to me if you reached out to our guest and let them know what you learned, what you thought about it. Everything that you need to connect with them is going to be in the show notes. And on top of that, why don't you double up and reach out to me? I'd love to hear from you. It really is why I do this is so that I can meet awesome people. I would love to hear from anybody that you think should be on this podcast, including yourself, about how you build world-class relationships, how you create community, how you lead companies in this relationships over transactions methodology. And if you believe in that stuff, that is what we're doing at my company, Be The Stage. You can check it out at bethestage.live. But the Cliff Notes version is... We've learned that most companies know that they need to be making content and they know that they really want to drive a community. But where do you start with that stuff? The best way to start doing that is to create an internet talk show because it allows you to create a strategic relationship with a guest one-to-one while you create strategic relationships with the audience one-to-few and then when we repurpose the show for you and spread it out all over social media, you're creating relationships one to many. It is the ultimate relationship-driven growth 
engine to feed your entire pipeline, marketing team, and customer success. What companies call their go-to-market strategy can now be driven by community. If you're interested in that, go to bethestage.live, check it out, reach out to me. I would love to create an internet talk show just for you. Now, if you'll indulge me, I'm going to take a play out of the book of one of my heroes, Christopher Lockhead, the godfather of category design, co-author of my favorite business book, Play Bigger, and my favorite newsletter, Category Pirates, which I'm going to link in the show notes because I think you should subscribe. It's the smartest thing basically in the world. Anyways, at the end of his podcast, which is Follow Your Different, he always shouts out and gives a roll call to people that he thanks. And I want to do that too. I want to thank my team at Be The Stage. I want to thank JP, who is the editor of this content, the guy that makes all the cool micro content and makes everything look cool. Joanna, who distributes a lot of the stuff. She writes a lot of the descriptions. Nicola, who is uh, my buddy that I've been mentoring for a couple of years out of Bulgaria, a really bright 15-year-old kid that writes a lot of the captions on social media. Marge, who is always keeping track of everything. She is the executive assistant of the dreams that all come true. Gina, who is a world-class integrator. She is our COO. She is the one that is just making all the processes happen. Whenever I say something, she designs a way to make it happen. It's incredible. My business partner, Isar, who without him, none of this stuff could be possible. That guy is the best. He's got an awesome podcast. It's called the Business Growth Accelerator. You should totally check that out. I want to thank my parents. They're my inspiration. They're the best. My family. I love them to pieces. My wife, Marta, who is my muse and my inspiration for everything. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, go do it now. But before you do that, if you haven't checked out either episode seven or episode 69, those are my 2019 and 2020 last call tracks where I give this like rapping, talking, motivational speech over like a really cool beat. It's actually the beat that I have on this podcast right now that I had custom produced by my guy, Michael, out of Russia, who's a sick beat producer. Check that stuff out. That is the origin story of my business, the origin story of what I'm up to, and it's really what I am most proud of. Episode 7, episode 69 of this podcast. Hope to see you on the next one. Hit me up on social media. I love you. Don't forget, relationships over transactions, that is the way that you win. It's a long game. Human beings are happiest when they're in service, so serve others and you will be able to open any door that you've ever wanted. Never forget that. If you don't know how to serve others, everybody needs an extra cheerleader, cheer for people, be invested in their future, see what you can do for them. It all comes back in the long run. I really hope you reach out to me. I want to meet you. I want to talk to you. I want to help you achieve your dreams. Have an awesome awesome, awesome rest of your day.